You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to On the Bench. I'm your host for today's episode, Brendan Snow, joined by Chris Nee on vacation. Christopher, how's Hawaii? I wish. <laughs> nah, Orlando's treating me fine. That's good. The internet there's a little, little dicey, but we'll make do. They don't have internet in the 407 anymore? Apparently not at this condo. It's been horrible for the last 30 or so years. That's good. They had internet 30 years ago. That's cool. Zach Blostein, Zachary, hello. Hello. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? <laughs> Good. Why so formal? I don't know. This is a formal podcast. I, the he, the Ric Flair right intro music right now. That's why. It didn't get you. Who is? Zach is? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, since I drove away from Tallahassee, Brennan, I don't think you have posted a single damn thing. So, uh, just saying. <laughs> Whoa. Chris is still drunk. <laughs> you know what, Chris? I hit my quota. Three days ago, I don't get paid overtime, so deal with it. Oh, man, just living for a quota. By God, that's Trey Rollins' theme music! Hey, everybody. What's up, Brendan, Zach, Chris? How are you guys doing? Trey, Roland, welcome. Where did you Hello. come from? Yeah, where oh, yeah, from out of nowhere, as Brendan said in his absolutely just impeccable Oklahoma Jim Ross accent. Brendan, a man of many talents, and I heard you before. Your work ethic is just off the charts right now, bud. You are just operating on all cylinders. My God, thank you, Trey. It's got to stop tell now. Me about this in the pre-production. <laughs> What's up, boys? Glad to be here. Um officially ooh, we have an announcement uh so you know trey roland from either the roll cast or triple option tomahawk nation sorry tomahawk we just keep you know i love you boys i love so, you all so sorry what we've done to you the last five months uh but now you will know trey roland moving forward as a member of Knowles 24 7 a contributor at on the bench and perhaps some many other uh, interesting side projects as well. So Trey, welcome to the family. 
I feel, I feel warm. I feel welcome. This, this, this auditory embrace that you guys have wrapped me in. I, I feel, I feel swaddled guys. I feel great. I am excited. Um, if you don't know me, uh, you're going to get to know me and you're going to either you'll be cool or you'll hate it. Whoops. I'm here either way. And if you do know me, I missed you. Welcome. I'm just, I'm excited, man. I, as Brendan mentioned, I've done some things in the past. I've worked with some great people. I'm going to work with some great people again. What's up, Ka- Kevin, Adam, uh, you dirty, dirty boys. You left me, you left me in the, you left me in the dust, but I'm back clawing back like a zombie. So you're stuck with me. You three are stuck with me and I just can't wait to, uh, I'm joining the premier team on the beat guys. So uh, hopefully I can live up to the standard. I'm very, very excited. We are hoping to be able to keep up with your energy and your (laughs) podcasting expertise. Uh, So Trey has been someone I've been a big fan of his work and and friendly with him for a couple of years now. And this has been something that I was hoping to kind of get done at at Knowles 24 seven for a little while. And I'm super excited for this opportunity to work with Trey. We have a lot of cool things that we're going to work on together uh, but first, I'm so big on like transparency with this podcast. I like to kind of give a little glimpse behind the curtain. I <laughs> Understatement, <we> should... <laughs> my dude. Understatement. <laughs> uh, phrasing. Uh, I think we should tell people about the the you walking in on the meeting we had with Kevin A.B. I just thought of that oh, now as you God. mentioned the shout out for those guys. I think that's where we should go organically. But I want Zach to explain it first from his point of view. So I think Zach was the most mortified of, of anyone that that was in that meeting that night. Why was I mortified? I feel like I didn't know what was going on. Like, That's why I, you were mortified. I joined in like, um, because I guess they were planning to record a, a triple option that night. I didn't know yep. that at all. Um, I, mean, I, I, Brendan's like, oh, you want to join in? We're talking to AB and Kev. So I'm like, sure. And then like 10 minutes before, I guess they were supposed to record, Trey shows up and it's like, what's going on? Like, I had no clue what was going on. I didn't know like if this is like communicated to Trey at all. So it was really awkward, but I'll, I guess I'll let Trey explain it from his side. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, so we were we were recording. This is a couple months ago. We were about to record an episode of the acclaimed, the fame, copyright registered, trademark, copyright, triple option product that's now at twenty four seven. We get on. I get on a little bit early, and whomst do I see? But Brendan, Zach, talking with my boys, Adam and Kev. I had no idea any of this was going on. I thought it was like, hey, it's a special party guy episode. Um, it wasn't. They were working out their deals with 24-7, and I did not know about it. Uh, I think they meant to tell me a little bit early, but uh, Adam farms chickens, and Kevin is a young TA, so their they're, they're schedule's a little bit busy. So I walked in. Uh, if you guys have ever seen Old School, when Luke Wilson walks into his <laughs> wife with the gangbang, I was Luke Wilson, and I wasn't ready for the gangbang. So they went to 24-7. Their, their schedules were a little bit accelerated. They were going to tell me. They tried to leave me, but they couldn't. I find you. Um, <laughs> so they tried to leave me, so they were a little accelerated, which is why they're there first, because they're also, conversely, much more talented than I am. So, uh, But, yeah, I got to find out in a very unexpected way, but I'm with them, too, and I can't wait to jump back in with those boys. They've really spread their wings since they've been with you guys, man. You're your analysis been on point, all three of you. I'm. Uh, it's a lot of pressure. I'm going to try to live up to it, but uh, it's it's very exciting. I've, we've got Brendan. Have, have I have already discussed? We've got some some different content ideas. Just just some ways to really make your membership. You know, get get that bang for your buck that you guys are looking for. So let's get into some of those uh, different ideas that we have. First off, I think like 
this is going to be like a evolving living like mechanism as we try to figure out like the best way to utilize like we have so many new people the staff we've we've gone from having four people uh for the last couple of years so all of a sudden we have eight technically on staff uh with with brett also joining us with baseball coverage so uh you know we're always going to be evolving and, and changing in the way we do things in this business and chris has talked about that previously what i think trey is going to help us do is like become super flexible with that because he can do so many things from a hosting standpoint whether it's podcasting whether it's video and also just having his voice like occasionally around on the message board as well him being the voice of the fan um scary yeah <laughs> i mean you talk about pressure you think i was doing a little bit of like x's and o's analysis with some some nerdy stats thrown in there is difficult uh you're carrying the weight of an entire fan base on your shoulders sir so Cool. No pressure. But anyway, the, the way that I, the way that I see it is you guys are absolutely phenomenal at what you do. Brendan, you are great you. at diagnosing the football plays, writing a lot of the general football stories. Zach, the juice man apprentice, dude, you are just dropping heat all over the timeline. Bob's over Baghdad and Chris, you are Chris knee, but to me, your workhorsey Mick workhorse face, you are the glue that holds this beautiful family together and you work harder than anybody else. So what I see my role is, is you guys should be able to operate at peak 100% operational efficiency. You can use me as your little Leatherman multi-tool where if Chris is on vacation in Orlando and he wants to have eight to nine dad beers because he can, <laughs> Trey can hop on on the bench. If Brendan is having a panic attack because somebody said something mean to him on the message board and he's curled up in the fetal position, Trey can go on. If Zach is, is getting, you know, is getting his perm updated, like getting it wetted and getting some cool new glasses Awesome. I can hop on and fill in for him. And what I also think that I can do or what I'd like to do is you guys, you guys are laughing. I just, I, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, so the Zach, what, the Zach Perm is what did it for me. That I know. Was, God, dude, it looks glorious, brother. It's a Jufro. It. It's a Jufro. Uh, Don't well, say that. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, listen, dude, you, top, you look like, you look like a million lockers. Why I'm can't I say impressed. that? Brendan? Yeah, you can't say it. I can't say whatever it. he wants. So anyway, so I want to, I want to, I want to help you guys operate at hundred percent efficiency. And then I honestly think you guys are so talented right now. You have like, to me, one of the premier, if not the premier FSU podcast, if not the premier podcast on the whole 24 seven network, you guys have got the talent to really expound upon that. Like Zach, for instance, there's probably a lot of recruiting stuff. You don't get to express on this medium because you guys cover everything. I think you could have your own podcast with just the amount of like interaction that you have with recruits and the way that you connect with them. I could be a conduit to get that information out. Chris, you are a huge resource on baseball, basketball, anything else. And well, as just honestly being a really great repository of all information. I think people love your perspective and probably like to hear it. I'm not trying to give you any more work, but if you want to do expound out and have a, have a spinoff pod, that's something you could do. Brendan, you're just you're jack of all trades, brother. I think you've got a lot of stuff that even you don't get to give out. Like I just I want you all to give it all up. And I think that I can help you squeeze the juice from this delicious orange. It's a vivid analogy. Yeah, I try. I try to paint it. I try to paint a picture. Uh, I I think that's what we're all looking forward to is the the versatility that's going to uh, emanate from this dynamic. So and also you'll be helping out. Yeah, some of the some of the video stuff that Kevin AB and I have done together has been a lot of fun, but there needs to be a little bit of flair. So getting Trey in on that too will will help uh, add a little bit of pizzazz as well. So we have that, and uh, yeah, man, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. I'm very much so looking forward to 
uh, this relationship. It's been cool. You mm-hmm. guys have you guys have always been super um, welcoming with all the stuff that I've done on kind of the fringes of the FSUB. Like I've always felt you guys have been very collaborative, open to new ideas, especially, you know, when Josh was here, he started it all. But then I've really fostered a great relationship with you, Brendan, and you, Zach. Chris, not as much yet, but I don't blame you because you probably try to stay 9,000 feet away from me. Sorry, dude, we're on the same Zoom now. So you and I are going to have to talk. But you're great. You're a great dude. I can't. I can't wait to work with all of you, man. It's it's been it's been cool. Your platform has only grown in both prestige and following. And uh, I hope I don't just demolish all of your hard work coming up here. <laughs> Blow it all up. Get getting Chris out of his comfort zone. Uh, it's not an easy thing to do, but once he jumps, like he's he's good. So Trey, I think you'll be able to kind of give him that little extra nudge to keep doing even more of this stuff. He doesn't need any nudges. He's a pro's pro. I, I, I think you'll be brother. better at it, Trey, than Brendan, to be honest. So we're going to be <laughs> I do not, for the record. I do not. We're just different, baby. Different strokes for different folks. It's going to yep. be, it's going to be real fun, man. How do you, now that I'm here, how do you guys feel? Well, first off, well, this I, is a, go ahead, Brendan. Oh my God. Go with, uh, first off, I'm really looking forward to the chemistry evolving. <laughs> so that's been great so far. No. So first off, I'm looking forward to Trey being the one who has to corral Chris to do the podcast and get him to respond to text messages to say that he's actually going to participate in it instead of just hoping he shows to up. To be blind. clear, just give me a time and I'll show up. <laughs> like I'm just not here for the discussion. He does no always show up, even though he doesn't. Just give me a time. Except for the one time he did it, and that's the problem. I through one, it happens. Mm, I remember. Absolutely. Right. Listen, your dude, kid pukes at the... three a.m. You're not waking up if you don't have to wake up. And sometimes podcasts, you don't have to actually wake up. <laughs> yeah, three a.m. is disgusting. I you won't you'll be you won't be getting many of those from me, my man. Dad, the dads, the dads are going to stand strong on some of those ridiculous asks. Don't worry about that, dude. Uh, but honestly, what I'm really looking forward to most is Trey's perspective of the program. It comes from a, a passionate place, uh, but also a very measured one. And I know that Trey's like his shtick is to be super energetic and off the walls, but he's also extremely thoughtful. And when he marries the energy with the insight uh, coming from the perspective of a fan, like, I think he's going to help give us perspective as he's journalist, right? To kind of like take a step back and be like, okay, this is what the people want to know. This is what they want to talk about. How can we do our jobs better? And I think it's going to like manifest and lead itself into like better conversations on podcasts and just as we write and cover this team better. So Trey, that's a lot of pressure on you, but I think you're going to help us even in an indirect way, talk about this team in a more informed and like fun manner. Well, I, I hope to, because it, one thing, because you guys, I mentioned all the work that you do. Sometimes it is easy to get lost in kind of mm-hmm. the tactical of like the nuts and bolts, like this kid committed, this kid's here, this kid's visiting. I got to get these interviews. And sometimes it's hard to even pull yourself back and take like a 30,000 foot view of a program that is Josh Pate, uh, one of your colleagues at 24 seven sports said, is it a real crossroads? I mean, there's, there's no firm indication of where Florida state could go. It could go very positive. It could also go very negative for Mike Norvell. So I think it's going to be good. And I think people program like program specific macro talk, I think is very, has been a big focus of the fan base right now. Unfortunately, it's because we don't have as many W's as we'd like to talk about, but I think that that's something I'd like to keep a focus on just how all of these 
myriad of things that you're reporting on contribute to the big picture. What is that big picture? And with the access that you guys have, like I, there's, there's a whole lot of avenues with the information that you guys get is second to none. So that can really give the people on the board just exactly. They don't have to listen to some guy on a national beat that has no idea what he's talking about. Tell you what Florida state is. They'll be more informed than those guys. So I just want the people that are on Knowles 24 seven, they already are, but I want them to continue to be the best informed members of the Florida state fan base. And they can really lead the conversation in, I don't want to lead them in a negative or a positive way. I want to lead them in a truthful way. And I think that we can have conversations that really facilitate that. I like that in the last seven months, we've, when we kind of entered this process of having to figure out what was next for the site, how we're going to do it, the people we're going to do it with the backbone of the site is always going to be report great information, correct information, be first, be good at it, deliver it. But we decided to spread our wings and do it in a different way here. And by expanding and having people like Zach Stepham doing such a splendid job, I'm I'm excited by it. I'm a little reinvigorated, to be perfectly honest. And yeah, if the football program can be half-assed decent, that would be fantastic <laughs> because that would just add to it. Because, you know, I'll cover a winner, I'll cover a loser, but it would be a lot more fun to cover this program if they're winning. Plus, truthfully, to be perfectly transparent, I enjoy covering Mike Norvell and his program because it is one that we have a great deal of access to. So I'm not exactly rooting for him to exit stage left anytime soon. Correct. And I, I, and I, I like that perspective, Chris, because you've seen this site evolve in so many different ways since you've been there. And I just really jumping in to the analysis, like you have bringing on guys like Kevin and Adam and Brett, who is just, man, is he, he's a, he's a dynamo on baseball. He's, he's, he's good, dude. Um, you have so many, and that's the one thing that really made me excited when the opportunity came to me after the two guys ahead of me, of course, I'll probably never get that chip off my shoulder for the rest of my life. After Once the again, bang. Yeah. After, after, yeah. I, I will. I will. You, you, you dirty boy. Um, but listen, man, the type of the, the amount of different perspectives of informed perspectives that I respect and the fan respects, it can't be beat. So it's just, the knowledge is all there. Just got to have, I, I think, the right conversation, just just a good conduit of the information for the fans. And you guys have an awesome community, so it's it's going to be fun. And I welcome suggestions uh, mm-hmm. from the community of things that you want to see, things you want to hear us talk about. Um, if it's a suggestion about uh, how dumb I sound or the annoying octave of my voice, I can't help it. I apologize. But if it's constructive stuff, hey, let's do it. I mean, I'm, I'm in dude. I'm ready. I'm ready to get fully. I'm ready to get fully integrated. I hope that people too are, are, there's going to be things that we're going to take some hacks and like try to be creative and (laughs) it's just going to be different. And so sometimes difference is going to be better. Sometimes difference is going to be worse. It's sometimes difference is going to be different, Uh, but just to have patience with us as we try to work in like different ways to get this podcast like going. And I think it's going to be really high quality stuff. This is going to sound a little different. Some people didn't like early times in Cheerwine when it first started. And now I dare say, I think everyone in the world absolutely adores it. I dare False. say you don't have the pulse of the fan base that you think you do, my brother. <laughs> you Orlando people and your ska. It's just, it's in your DNA, dude. I know, I know you. I'm from Cocoa Beach. I know how you people operate. <laughs> it is true. Central Florida nerds. Ska in Orlando. Uh, the Chris Knee invigoration, by the way, has been just a sidebar, like, 
Chris playing along on the podcast and man, it's just, it's a whole different ballgame. Can you hear it? Trey, like you're someone who listens to OTB. Like, can you hear that man's voice just sounds a little different? Oh, I always thought he had some sweet dulcet tones, but yeah, he feels reinvigorated. And it's not just the dad beers talking. I always, it's cool when everybody's engaged and I think you guys have done a good job. And the thing that I like about your podcast specifically, and it's something I tried to do with mine is it's you differentiated it. And I think the thing that differentiated it other than the quality of your information is the interplay of all the people that are on it. Like one of the subplots running through it is Brendan's neuroticism. No offense. It makes you a great journalist. Chris is sometimes dad grumpiness. I get it, brother. Kids are annoying. Zach's youthful exuberance and a deep, like a, a tone of voice as deep as the Marianas Trench. All of these are subplots that like people want to hear you talk about it because they like you. So once again, not trying to torpedo that likability, but I think that that's something, and I don't know if you did it on purpose or not, you leaned into and when you really did, I think that's when your listenership took off. It was like, oh, these guys have distinct personalities other than curly-headed guy says A about football, skinny <laughs> guy says B about football, right? It needs to be – yeah, that's how we viewed the podcast. And I think that, you know, getting Josh – like when Josh started coming on regularly, kind of allowed all of our personalities. There was enough of us to where, like, I didn't have to drive the show and someone else could take over for a long period. So it allowed our personalities to kind of shine through. My personality can be grating sometimes, like in real life. Like Chris gets legitimately annoyed. You don't have to shake your head, Trey. Chris does get irritated with me. Chris, say Do it. Do you, Chris? Oh, yeah. There, there's times where I just know him that he is not my favorite person. <laughs> but there's also times where we enjoy each other. And I think that's like the dyna- that dynamic shows up on the podcast. And I think that's like what it really is about is like it needs to be your personality just turned up a little bit and dialed up and maybe like play along with it. So um, I'm not. I am very neurotic. I'm not as neurotic about everything as I am on the podcast. Uh, well, let, let, I just enjoy get... that Brendan introduces topics that nobody actually cares about, like Daylin's mother's mother crying, and it becomes people are insane. talking about that on the message board. Yeah, what do you mean? Yeah, you, the, about it? you do start. You do start fires that the other two have to put out. So I can. Oh, sorry I, I that I mentioned that Travis Hunter yeah, was maybe looking around and no one wanted to talk about it. Sorry, oh, guys. Okay, okay. I'm you sorry, are the right, ombudsman. But like, speaking of like, we've talked a lot about like, oh, you're going to get this type of conversation. This is what it's going to be like. Let's have one of those conversations. You mentioned running back Dalen Smothers. Like there was, where do you guys feel that Florida State's program is at right now? I guess like on the recruiting trail in general, what's your, what's the sense of, I guess, what's the feeling around the Moore Center right now? Is it tension? Is it excitement for the upcoming season? Like what, what, how do you guys feel everybody's feeling when you talk to these coaches, players, and assistants? I wouldn't say they're tense. I would say they're realistic. They, there's an understanding that FSU's football product has to be better on the field. Um, and that's not to say if it was poor, they would get fired. It's just more, it's a crucial year. Um, and they kind of understand that it's very crucial out of the gate. That second, that third game, LSU is the second game. Louisville is the third game. They understand that those two weekends are going to kind of paint an early picture of where this is going, whether it's going to, oh, we're going to be successful or lame duckville or maybe something worse. Uh, I think there's an understanding of that. From a recruiting standpoint, I mean, June's such an insane month. It's just go, go, go with camps, with visits, officials, unofficials, young kids coming in, 23s coming in. Um, I think they like what they're doing. So – 
it's confounding, think, right? It's hard to talk about because it, there's just, it's, well, it's conflicting. Yeah, like O line recruiting is outstanding. Alex Atkins has done a phenomenal job of creating a care system and getting guys and closing on guys. Quarterback's a weird deal. I mean, Chris Parson, it's sort of, are we in love? Or are we not in love? We're not really sure. They're Brock Glenn, who's put him a little bit on hold because LSU comes in the picture, slowing down his time frame, but FSU's done a good job there. Running back, you know, we could talk about running back all day, and we've had that conversation on this podcast many a time. The recruiting is nowhere near the level of what FSU recruiting at that position should be, nor what recruiting for Mike Norvell production with that position should be they should be recruiting elite running backs because those two things combined are very good things they've not done that but the production on saturdays from that position has been good in the mike morvell era so it's it's tough to completely dock what they're doing in recruiting because they're still getting results but i am of the opinion they should be getting higher upper tier backs it shouldn't be a difficult task for right. fsu to recruit running backs it's a position that traditionally the school has been very very good at Receiver recruiting last year has been well covered. You can't have that. You can't have an O for kind of year from the high school ranks. It's inexcusable. It's not allowable. It's one of those things that puts you behind the eight ball. And then defensively, I think in general, they've recruited pretty well. But like DB recruiting, finish off 22 class. That's been kind of a weird storyline to follow. And then with 23, DB recruiting has been good. And we feel pretty confident about a guy like Avery Stewart jumping in. But it's mm-hmm. also been kind of like you feel like there's almost a very quick yeah. movement from one target to a next. So I'll hand a baton to Zach because he can talk more about recruiting. But it's a weird mixed bag. Like I don't I don't love being doom and gloom about recruiting. I'm not trying to be super, uh, oh, it's all good. It's all right. It's excelling at the level it probably should be. I feel like it's very firmly in the middle there, and it's kind of a position-by-position discussion. Yeah, I mean, if you look, um, we're out there at the moor on these official visit weekends – there's no doom and gloom. Like, the, you know, it's not like they don't have confidence that they once did. Like, they, all, the coaching staff seems their normal self. Um, but, but like Chris mentioned, there's a lot of puzzling things um, that are going on with the recruiting boards at different positions. Like, you mentioned defensive back. Like, after Avery Stewart, where to next? Like, I, I literally have no idea. Um, but there's a couple targets, but like, it's just puzzling. Um, and that, and that's the case at, Several positions, linebacker, running back, receiver. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, some of the stuff is is troublesome. Chris mentioned O-line recruiting is looks really good. Um, Alex Atkins is doing his thing like usual. Um, but but is he going to be the only one that's landing blue chip guys consistently? I, I, mean, I, it, I, I, have, a, I have a question. I, this is an open question for all three of you. When people talk about recruiting – very often the conversation is centric around the individual personalities of the assistant coaches, Alex Atkins, Ron Dugans, Marcus Woodson. The thing that really sticks out to me is I think it's fun. I think it's, we, there's not enough talk about systemically. How are they recruiting as an organization? Cause to me, I've heard you guys mentioned multiple times, Alex Atkins is a great recruiter. He has a tier system. He has developed relationships, a, B and C he's got a plan B if plan a doesn't work out. Now, obviously, these coaches are grown adults and everybody has different styles of recruiting. It's sales, essentially. However, my question is, is why isn't there a tier system at running back? Why isn't there a tier system at linebacker? That systemically, organizationally, which is a strength of Mike Norvell's, that's something that, wow, this is gaining us results. Why aren't you implementing that across every single position? Now, obviously... Woodson's going to talk to a kid different than an Atkins or a Thompson's going to talk to a kid. But I start to get worried when 
there is one function of your organization operating at such a high perceivable level, the others are not. And I don't know, is that more of, is that more of a back office issue? We've always heard that Mike Norvell is a good coach to work for because he pushes his assistants and gets them ready for the next level. What is there being too much like freedom given to their assistants to recruit autonomously? Because there's a lot of things where we're getting blindsided in some of these recruitments. The Wesley Besaint recruitment really comes to mind. This thing with Dalen Smothers, if that kid ends up going to Oklahoma, the staff didn't even really think Oklahoma was that big of a threat compared to NC State. And is that based off bad information or bad organization? Maybe a mixture of both. And so is this maybe are we looking at this too micro and need to spread out and look at the organization and the systems in your opinion, guys? I yeah, think I mean, individual go ahead, Zach. I think um the obviously the idea um Norvell's trying to instill the same principle in recruiting with all these position groups, but it comes down to these grown men recruiting, mm. you know, themselves. Sorry, I'm getting called. Um, it's, it comes down to these, these coaches that are getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to go recruit. Um, and, and I guess you could say that some are better than others. Um, and, and they, ha some have the ability to set up that tiered list of guys that are generally interested in Florida state. Um, but, but like Alex Atkins, for instance, he doesn't have a built-in adva advantage at Florida State specifically. There's not, no. a, there's not a history of offensive linemen, especially recently, that have come out and done great things. And he's only been there for two to three years now. Um, whereas you look at the running back position, like Chris was mentioning. Mike Norvell has had production at every stop with his running backs, Memphis specifically, and even at Florida State, even when they've struggled on the field, the running back position has done well. Why is that? Why is that position not? As has better? the school, yeah. Florida State, with guys like Dalvin yeah. Cook, Cook Warren, exactly. Cam Akers. So and he that, would. That yeah. almost has a. That almost has a positional advantage that you're not even yeah. taking it's, advantage it's of. The same thing as defensive back, right? It's that the, we Florida State as a school has a built-in advantage recruiting defensive backs because of the history that these coaches haven't even you know touched. Uh, you know, Deion Sanders, Jalen Ramsey, like all those guys that have come out that naturally helps recruiting. Um, but Alex Atkins doesn't have that built-in advantage, but somehow he's, he's doing the best. So there's a difference in just how these guys operate and how, how their, you know, their abilities to recruit. And I think that's, that's the difference you see. Um, and whether that falls on Norvell for not, you know, holding the standard higher of, of making sure that these boards are set up correctly, these recruiting boards, I don't know, but I think you're right. It could be a systemic issue. There's also a degree of, I think some on the staff view recruiting as a marathon and they'll get themselves kind of stuck in the in-between of, do we want to evaluate others? Do we want to go for the close on this kid? What I like about Atkins and there's other examples, but I like that Atkins usually has an extremely good understanding of where he stands with a target, but he also has a very good understanding of where he wants that target to stand for what he's looking for. And gotcha. he understands with this guy, I need to go for it. Like we need to get the close on this guy you know, a guy like Rod Kearney, I think, happened even a little bit before Alex Atkins would necessarily want it to happen. Like, I don't know that Atkins went for the close there, but Atkins had positioned himself so well with that young man and had done such a good job recruiting him and getting him consistently on campus and building a relationship for him with the coaches, the coaching position that he's going to deal with, with guys like Alex Atkins, Gabe Fertitta, Cooper. And then they also had built a relationship of him with the current players, him hanging out with Julian Armel, Quayshawn Sapp, others on the offensive line, that it made it an easy decision for Kearney. 
and Kearney went and did what he did. I just think they do such an exquisite job at that position. I don't see that replicated across the board. I wish everybody on the staff recruited like Alex Atkins. They they would have an outstanding football team. And recruiting's it's weird. I've dealt with guys that were super cutthroat, super competitive about it, and they wanted to get it done then, there, and now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, early Jimbo staff, there was a lot of that personality. I've dealt with guys who are more to slow burn. I'm going to get them in the end. Good guys. That's also fine because at, at the end of the day, it's about signing, enrolling, and getting those guys on. The problem for this staff is if you're going to do the slow burn, you got to know in the end you're getting a kid. And you can't have the over in the high school ranks with wide receiver last year that we had. And there can't be some of the misses that we've seen in recruiting. And recruiting is more complicated than it ever has been before because of sure. NIL. In fact, you're going to have the rug pulled out from underneath your feet at any second, much more than it's ever been true in the game of recruiting. But at the end of the day, FSU's got to recruit at a higher level from the high school ranks if they're going to truly rebuild this thing into what they would like it to be. You can live on the portal, and they've done an effective job on the portal. I still don't believe long-term it's a successful way to build a program. I think, and that those are all good points, and I think that that's, that's an ongoing story in and of itself to keep an eye on. It's one of the things, like when you talk about a team, the best teams are player-led teams, but until you can get the culture that way, they need some leadership from the top. <clears throat> Maybe in such a way, and now it shouldn't be that way because you're talking about 18 to 22-year-old kids. We're talking about grown adults on staff. Maybe until some of these other guys can get their get their act together in recruiting, Mike needs to say, listen, I don't, you don't like recruiting like this, but you need to do what Alex does systemically and build a tiered system until I can trust you to do your job. I don't know. I just I think that that's something that is rarely talked about. And I'm glad that we did, I guess, conversely, because I I do try to give like well-rounded analysis and conversations. It's very easy to focus on the negative, especially because the last time you were on the field, it was a loss. You know, you had all the stuff happen on early signing day. Conversely, what's an aspect of this program that has you optimistic that you don't think enough people are talking about right now? And Brendan, that could be from you for schematically, Zach recruiting, Chris miscellaneous. What do you think that's actually a positive that people aren't talking about enough or maybe the fan base is actually missing that you guys see with the access that you have? Uh, the, for me, Trey, the big thing that stands out immediately is the roster has gotten better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one recruiting a higher baseline of player, maybe not someone with a higher upside, but uh, players who are more ready to contribute at a you know, adequate level at the power five level, and then two developing them. And the development is the part that we're fortunate with this coaching staff to be able to see up, a, up close and personal, probably more than 95% of uh, the beats out there covering college football because we can see uh, we have the access to, to see it. Uh, but then we also can like see it through quantifying like you know, different metrics of, of improvement and growth. And so this team has legitimately gotten better from what they inherited. Uh, now they had some, some talent, but that first year was really, really murky with uh, being the COVID year and not being able to install a scheme and uh, not having players buying in. Last year, we saw after the first four games and kind of turn things around and then being there this spring, if I can, it's tough to articulate it, but the way they looked last spring versus spring, you know, four months ago, man, it was night and day. Uh, just, okay. just the efficiency of practice, the confidence of players. And now we're seeing them in the off season and guys who are supposed to be big time contributors looking totally different. Uh, Jamie Robinson, you see him walking around. 
at camps. Uh, Fabian Lovett, you see him around the facility. Like they, those look like guys who are in money years. And uh, yeah, the, the baseline of the roster has gotten better, Trey. So that's to be like the thing that I think is is meaningful. Can Mike Norvell, that's, that's the big thing about him as a coach is he was supposed to be someone who could develop and maximize talent. Has he done that? To this you're point, feeling I, good, but remains to be seen. But you're feeling mo- positive about it. It's moving in a positive direction. Whether it's moving fast enough, I think it's TBD. But like, there is improvement from top to bottom of the roster, which ultimately is like that's that's what you need. Okay. What about you two guys? Any anything that's actually that you're pretty positive about? I'll jump in. Um, recruiting wise, I think a thing they've done well over the past couple of months is kind of cleaning up the recruiting off-field office a little bit. Um, They hired a guy like general manager Derek Ray, who I think has done a great job at kind of organizing the workflow of that office. You had a lot of big personalities like uh, Kenyatta Watson. He was previously on staff now at Georgia Tech. Brian Bartow, of course. And a lot of those guys do great jobs. But Derek Ray being there, kind of overseeing that department, has kind of helped that be a little bit more organized and have everyone on the same page. Um, and I think they've they've made some good hires. I think Maddie McCormack is another um, person to help with on-campus recruiting. So I like what they've done with that office to make uh, recruiting and, and especially on-campus recruiting more organized when it when it goes down. I think one thing I would add that kind of it deals with both the team and recruiting aspect is everybody's on the same page. Current mm. players understand what's going on. The coaching staff they now have a working relationship from working together so much over the last few years. So that are working there are front office type people, a lot of them now have a great relationship. Everybody kind of understands what they're working towards. I think it's just much better being uh, kind of one goal, one mindset, and I definitely think that's true with the players. Uh, it's very tough. I think something that probably is never talked about enough is when Morrell got here, he was dealing with a lot of players who had been through two breakups with coaches. Mm, so yeah. the ability to trust a coach or to believe in a coach or to believe in a program is difficult for a lot of those young men. And that's why I lost so much turnover here. I think that, you know, with that turnover, Sorry, I had to cut Chris off and let his internet. Uh, but what? But what? Oh. But what he said—the unified vision thing—he's right. You had you had a bunch of people that had been through just tumultuous turmoil of relationships, like Jerry Springer levels of just absolute chaos. And now, like Chris said, the back office is unified with the front office is unified with the players to where it's a team sport and having everybody rowing in the same direction. I think once again, it's not talked about enough because it's like a soft factor when you're missing out on recruits or you're not doing as well as you think. But I think it's, it's very important. And Chris brought it up definitely, even though he sounded like one of the robots from Daft Punk circa like 1997, when the internet kind of sucked a little bit ass, but I think he was right on the money. As he always is. (laughs) And to Chris's point, like everyone's on the same page. Like, when Mike Norville first got here, like these weren't guys that he recruited necessarily. Uh-uh. Like a good chunk of the roster. And then the overhaul happened pretty quickly. But now he's had a majority of his roster for two off seasons now, like of guys that he handpicked. Like this majority of this roster are his guys. Uh, and they've been here for a couple of years now. So there's an idea of the expectation, how off season's supposed to go, what it's supposed to look like, what the workouts are supposed to look like, scheme comfort. All those things are like, again, I'm not talking about drastic change in terms of talent and and whatnot what i'm saying is like there's just this the steady 
incremental growth of the program feeling more like a like a program, if that makes sense. It's just more high functioning, more well oiled. And you could see that and you could feel that daily. Again, whether that's enough, like if it's moving fast enough, I don't know. But it is getting better. And like I I, I do truly feel that. And I'm that's why I'm always like excited to cover this program because I could legitimately see incremental progress. Well, I tell you what, something else that's high functioning, well oiled, other than Zach's fantastic head of hair. Oh is my this God. new team here on, on the bench, man. I thought that was a great kind of like a snippet, a little preview of some of the substantive conversations we're going to have. I can't wait to have a lot more. I can't wait to be riding shotgun with you guys as things progress. Um, I'm really, really excited. So I, I want to get to work. So unless there's anything you want to talk to me about, I want to get to work right now. Go, go right now. One thing, Trey, before you go, first off, this feels like sting joining the wolf pack, you know? Um, Oh yeah. There now we're talking red and black sting an underrated version of the stinger. In my opinion. Oh, uh, that was like my quintessential wrestling years was was red and black sting. So for sure. So, you know, four of us wolves running around the desert together. It's a wolf pack. Woo. Uh, and you, re- wolf pack spelled correctly for the people on YouTube with no K. W-O-L-F-P-A-C, of P-A-C, course. for sure. Before we go, Trey, let them know, like, what's your background of, of loving FSU football? You're living in a cornfield right now in the Midwest. So <laughs> how does how does cornfield man love uh, Southern fried football? Believe it or not, born and raised in the state of Florida, grew up in Cocoa Beach, Brevard County, 321, represent Minuteman for life. Yes, unfortunate high school mascot. Uh, no, no doubt about it. But listen, I grew up in a family of gators, a gator den, grandpa, everybody on my mom's side of the family. The only respite that I have that saved me from being on Swamp 24-7 right now is my dad. Dad went to Florida State, and I... In, Dude, you root for who your dad roots for. So it was just me and dad against the orange and blue world. My family tried to convert me many a time. It failed. I ended up going to Florida State. Uh, I loved it. Met a beautiful, met a beautiful lady from Iowa. Decided to move up here. And my God, it is God's country. Just an absolutely fantastic place. I love it. But the love of Florida State continued to stay. And I, I just thought that, you know, my wife would always catch me listening to this podcast <clears throat> listen to the Noel cast, listen to like, listen to everything. So one day my wife just decided like, Hey, try it yourself. You know, I'm tired. Of, I'm here. I don't care about you talking about it. Maybe somebody else will bought me a microphone for Christmas, started my own podcast and sky's the limit from there, man. It really took off and it, it led me to where I am today. So I am a, I live in Iowa now. I, I, I rep the corn people, but I'm a Florida boy for life, man, specifically Cocoa beach. Well, Trey, we are, Super excited to have you. Welcome to Knowles 24-7 slash on the bench. Uh, this is, do you want to say stick in the landing? We could wrap this up. Oh, stick the landing, bro. Stick in the landing, brother.